Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Good news this week comes from India, where the the number of Indian tigers have gone up by around 6% in the last four years. So they, they have a census in India every four years to count the number of tigers. And... The amount of work that goes into this is absolutely eye-watering. Thousands of people, thousands of square miles are covered to count these tigers. And so the population of Indian tigers, I've written about this, so I'm saying this all off the top of my head. I mean, I didn't need to, that was that, that was a brag. You didn't need to know that. I could have just, why couldn't it just be seamless? I'll tell you why. Because if, if you've listened to recent episodes... You've heard me tap, tap, tapping on the keyboard. Um, so there are now around 3,000 Indian tigers. That is good news. There. <laughs> this section doesn't need a catchphrase. And that's what I call good news. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest this week is the great Emma Kennedy. Writer, author, broadcaster, presenter, actor, general funny person, Twitter behemoth, um, I, I loved Emma a great deal. We, we've, ne- we've never met, but by shots, what a joy it was to meet her. And after the podcast, we walked from the studio to Waterloo. It was about a 30-odd minute walk. Just chatting with and listening to Emma was a real delight. Sorry, I'm almost getting misty-eyed. It doesn't take much. She was great. She was lovely. I do have to confess that at the start of this podcast, we talk about poo and bombs quite a lot if you've just spat out your granola that is that's why i'm telling you because if you are having your breakfast you may want to skip the first six or seven minutes of our chat i can explain how it happened emma said ask me anything you like and then before you know it so yes if you if you like a good old-fashioned funny Poo story, Emma kicks off with an absolute snorter. But I owe it to you to to tell you that. You know, this is the equivalent of when you're watching a TV show or a movie and it says contains moderate violence or something like that. This is the equivalent. This is the podcast equivalent where I'm actually saying this contains at least two stories related to poo. Emma's new book, by the way, The Things We Left Unsaid, is a beautiful novel which is inspired by something else. Emma herself went through. Her mother passed away and it has inspired this beautiful novel, The Things We Left Unsaid, which is out now. I can personally recommend it. If you're going on holiday, I mean, I was going to go through the different, I was going to go through the different ways you could read it. I'm pretty sure you're quite capable of deciding when you're going to read a novel. Oh my gosh. 
please take that in the helpful spirit it was intended. That's why, I, as soon as I realised what I was saying, I bailed immediately. Why I've decided to keep this in, I don't know. Uh, before, oh, by the way, shameless self-promotion. I don't do it often. I, maybe I've done it once or twice. I was on Good Morning Britain this week. Uh, what, talking about the Balance podcast and mental health and important things like that? No, talking about uh, being bald and making jokes about it. I tell you that because uh, it, it's the first time I've appeared on such a show. I can confirm that Richard Maidley is a very nice man. I think he's wonderful. Richard, I don't think he listens. <laughs> if anyone knows Richard Maidley, I'd have him on the podcast in an absolute heartbeat. Uh, and what I wouldn't give for that beautiful hair. Uh, anyway, I went off on one there, didn't I? Uh, before we get to Super Emma, it's our good news section. Uh, good news there. And here is more good news because it's Emma Kennedy. I will. I'm going to ruin life for you because nothing is ever... The same? No, after you've heard this. Seriously? Yeah. Feel honoured. Get in there. Uh, could not be more thrilled to be joined by Emma Kennedy. So what's happened is we've, dare I say, we've we've bonded before the chat has started. It, that's happened. Emma has said you can ask me anything, and before you know it, we're talking about um, anuses. I, I didn't. Mm. I'll be honest with you. This is one chat I wasn't expecting to no. have to click the expletive content <laughs> button. Here we are. We're not even a minute. It's, it's not. No, it's not rude. I mean, okay. I can. I can. Do you want me to now tell you that story? Yes. Okay. So, a very famous actress. I'm going to be discreet <laughs> and not oh. and not reveal her name, but okay. a very famous actress indeed. Yes. Was having a new bathroom fitted, and um, she had a lot of builders. And she wasn't quite sure where they were from, but but none of them could speak English apart from the foreman. This was a couple of years ago. Sure. Okay. So she suddenly realised that she was desperate, desperate for a poo. Yes. And so she went up and she she said, "Can you you know can you all go out?" And she was sort of gesturing towards the door, and they were going, da, 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 da. and then no, no, um, you all have to. Get out! They, they were all on their hands and knees, and like like they were they were clearly protesting, sure. but they they weren't quite being able to communicate properly. So off they all go. She does a shit the size of a child's forearm. <laughs> yes, and she flushes, and then at that point she realizes with horror that the pipe that is that that goes sort of that way. I'm sorry, podcast podcast people who are listening you won't be able to to see this but basically you know the pipe that goes into the wall yes that was pointing the other way no no and she watched the poo fly out of the pipe like a weasel and it then fell through a hole in the floorboards where it landed on the kitchen floor where they were all standing oh! having a cup of tea oh! and she said all she could hear was screaming <laughs> Like this. I said, what did you do? Very famous actress whose name I will not be revealing. What did you do? And she said, I just opened the bathroom door. I walked down the stairs and I walked out of the house and I went to the nearest hotel and booked in. So I would never have to look them in the face. But of course, that actually raises an, un an unanswered question. Who cleared it up? Who cleared it? I mean, 
I, I, I've, I want to know two things. Who cleared it up? And Who cleared it up? And also the thing that you're not allowed to say. Who cleared it up? That is remarkable. But it's like she'd performed a snooker trick shot. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Thank you very a, much. A, a pooker. A pooker oh, trip. Boom. Tricks, yeah. That's why you're Emma Kennedy. Gosh mm. darn it. Um, did, well, we're off to, the, I mean, to quite the start, aren't we? We, we have quite this in our start. lives forever. I have a, a horrible anecdote about myself that my best man told at my wedding about I, about I, I need to, to know it. Um, so in my 20s, I, I, let's just say that I'm teetotal these days and have been for about nine years. Okay. Uh, with good reason. Eight years, just over eight years. Yeah, congratulations. But that wasn't always the way. Yeah. And so I was once at a festival. Uh, and Are you uh, allowed to say which one? Isle of Wight. Oh, this is already going into a dark space. Isle of Wight yes. Festival, three days and nights heavily Mm. on it mm. got back to it was a it was a, a friend of mine is a journalist and he got these heroic tickets uh, with my hand to god we were helicoptered in stayed at a hotel you it, arrived in a helicopter arrived in a helicopter yep arrived i mean the, i'm i'm pulling the face of awe and surprise well, but, I mean, but the, carry on it gets it gets yep. more budgets as the story goes on yeah helicoptered back but i mean i was virtually in a body bag by now, my, yeah. My, you know, I'd... was it sort of like the end of Apocalypse Now? Uh, when oh, you legend! When they're just yes, yeah. in many ways, a part of me is still yeah. in the, at yeah. the Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, if you remember the the cartoon Thundercats, I look like Mumra, the the ever living. Oh, I was oh, I, I was there, but but not there. Or Zelda from Terrorhawks. Zelda from Terrorhawks yeah. is even better. Yeah, landed back in Blighty, got a lift to Putney. And then as we cross, oh, oh, I'm having second thoughts. As to anyway, I'm in was, this now. Was the lift to Putney in a McLaren or a? Yeah, something? yeah. Nigel Mansell yeah. Okay. gave us a lift to. Yeah. What a topical Formula One driver to think of. <laughs> Nig- yes. I think I'll go with Nigel Mansell yeah. as if it's 1987. Yeah. Uh, lift to Putney, and then my, my friend and I, uh, one of my best friends, friends since we were teenagers, as we crossed Putney Bridge, mm. I had to crouch on oh, my Lord. haunches oh, no. and he, he said oh, no. what's wrong and I said oh, no. I've just shit myself oh, no. and he said Gil don't be ridiculous just carry on walking and I said yeah. I, I don't think you understand and I'd yes it was it was oh, oh it was as full on as, as oh, you like no. so I had to waddle to the nearest pub yeah order a half a coke that I had no intention of drinking yeah just so that I could Use their amazing facilities, yeah, and um, and again, in terms of who cleared it up, I had to remove my undergarments, which mm. were no longer of this world. Mm. Um, put them in the, I mean, the slop noise they made as they yeah. hit, hit the bin. I, I'm aware of that slop noise because I, I had, um, I'm, I'm again, I'm so sorry, I can't tell you the name <laughs> of the person involved. I wish I'd said this story had happened to a famous actor. If, if I tell you that this person is is an A-list pop star, <laughs> okay, I can say no more than sure. that. But I, uh, uh, they, this the A-list pop star recently came uh, for lunch, and uh, the child of the A-list yes. pop star. Uh, also came with and was playing with um, my uh, Ghostbusters firehouse because I'm I'm a great fan of the Lego. Oh, you and, yeah, getting great out of fan of the Lego. Yeah. And uh, said child, I'm not even giving away sex of said child. Said child uh, had no nappy on, 
and was standing on a chair and just did the most incredibly impressive shit onto it. No. From a standing position. No, onto the Ghostbusters. Oh, it was it was amazing. Is amazing it, scenes. As amazing a, scenes. As a, as a fan of Ghostbusters, is it was it savable or is that in the bin? Oh no, he didn't do the shit on the Ghostbusters oh. on the Lego. It the, the shit was very much on the chair he was standing oh, on. Right, oh that, my god. That said right. child was standing on. <laughs> He or she, we don't know. Anyway, that was wow. it was amazing. Scenes. Thank you. This is this is beautiful. I think I've ever mm. bonded with anyone quite like this in my life. No, my best man told this story, and the the silence that ensued. I mean, the, I can still hear oh, my mother in law's no. groan. You know, because she thought I was. That was met with silence. It was they're, they're posh. They're, they're posh people. Fair play to him for he committed to it. He told it brilliantly. Um, Everyone's got a poo story, haven't they? If you haven't, you're a liar. They, they sort of have. <laughs> they sort of have. I, I, one of my favourite ones as well was, was another, <laughs> it was a, an, a comedian. I can't name him. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was a comedian. Is this all the same person? Who, who like you, was bit sort of, was having a, a, sure. a, a, a moment in his life where he was a bit full on with the, with the booze and, and, what, and, what and all you? the other things, sure. the, all the extras attached. And uh, he he needed a poo, and he did he did a shit. I think it was outside the Harrods depository, and he was so manic and so sort of pent up about the poo that he fashioned a quick cross from some sticks and just drove the stick into the ground where he'd done the poo. Like oh. like here lies my poo. Yeah. You Amazing. shall not pass, Gandalf style. You shall not pass. No. Hero. Except it did pass. It did. Good for him. Yeah. Um, one of the things, I mean, this is quite, uh, there are gear changes in interviews and this is up there. Um, what I would associate with you is, I'm going to use the word polymath. That's a nice word. But how, a good one. How are, you, how are you so good at so many different things? I don't know if I'm so good at so many how, things. How come you're a genius? <laughs> I think what it is 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 that I get really bored just doing one thing and I constantly have to keep my brain going and uh so I like doing lots of different things if I had stuck to, so there's another way of looking at this yes if I had stuck doing one thing then I were there's a there's a I I might be a household name Danny Baker always says this to me. He always says, "How I don't understand how you are not a household name. And he, he, he failed to understand, I don't want to be a household name. But are you not no, a bit of uh, a household no, name? No, no, no. What I have is, You're saying and I'm very glad about this, <laughs> and I'm very glad about this, I have a certain group of people who absolutely, absolutely yes. know who I am. Sure. But your general run-of-the-mill auntie and uncle Joe public... Would might look at me and go, where do I know her from? And they'd probably think the corner shop rather than so, I, I know you from off the telly. It, it'll be that. It's that. I have that. I have that sort of people will smile at me in the street but not know why they're smiling. Sure. Well, that's nice. But that's nice. Better than a grimace. Yeah. But, but I have, um, you know, I've done lots and lots and lots of different things and uh, – I also have a sort of compulsion. I think the reason why I've done lots of different things is because I used to be a lawyer. And when I yes. left that job, I made myself a promise that I would never, ever, 
ever do a job that I didn't want to do again. And certainly when uh, in my sort of my first um, Doctor Who life on on in my career, yeah. uh, when it became sort of media based and creative, I was a presenter. I never set out to be a presenter. That was a complete accident that I was a presenter. And I was offered some very, very, very high profile jobs that if I had taken them, I would not only, I mean, I would be a million, I'd be a multimillionaire. And I turned them down and I turned them down because I knew I wouldn't enjoy doing them. Because that was the promise I made myself on the day I stopped being a lawyer, that I would never, ever, ever, ever again do a job that I didn't look forward to doing every day. So I imagine someone on the on the train has just listened to that and spat their coffee out. Possibly. But from the way you've just said that, you to this day, that's clearly the right call. Absolutely. 100%. Was it, did you have to sleep on it? No. Nope. Really? No. I really didn't. No. I was offered an enormous amount of money and I, I it literally less than five minutes to make that decision. Related to presenting? Mm. Blimey, O'Reilly. I, I mean, I, I, I can tell I'll, you don't... I'll tell you what it is. Go on. Af- no, after. Oh, my gosh. Afterwards, because it's not fair. Was it This Is Your Life? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Again, another topical reference <laughs> I went ma- for. It was though. massive. It was absolutely massive. Good for you. Yeah. How, how important is the role of guts then with you when it comes to that's? I think you just know, you know, you just know if you're if something's going to be fun. Like occasionally, I will do some acting again. Yes, but I will only do it if I think, oh yeah, I like them, or that'll be fun, or I will enjoy that. If 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 that is the criteria by which I have to live my life now. And have done for, you know, the past 20 years, really. See, I think a lot of people... I've turned down comedy shows. I've turned down, you know, I turned down a massive comedy show. Because it just in, wasn't... In, in, back in back in the day, because I knew I wouldn't enjoy it. God, good for you. Mm, well... The thing is, we all know... It's important. You've got to enjoy yes. yourself. It, it, it's like what... That life is so stressful and so difficult. I mean, especially now... With everything that's going on in in the world, yeah. it, it's the, the the worst thing you can do to yourself is it, it spend your working life being mildly miserable. What's the point? You get one go, you get one go at life. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying every day, then guess what? Don't accept it. Change it. You can. And I imagine I appreciate what Danny Baker's saying there. But that, I guess, will have put you in good stead in terms of your mental health. Because had you, let's say, pursued just being an author, mm. you probably wouldn't be as happy as you are now. No, I probably wouldn't. I mean, the, the, I think as well, you have to temper expectations all the time. Uh, with regards to uh, all the books I've written, mm. I don't expect any of them to sell anything. That's that's not my starting position. My starting position is always, oh, that's lovely. Someone's asked me to write a book and I've got an idea for a book and I'm happy to write it. I, I really love writing books. But as to whether any of those books are going to fly off the shelf, I, do, I don't give that a second thought. All, all I, As far as I'm concerned, my job is done the minute the book is on the shelf and if people want to come with me on that journey then they will come with me on that journey. I don't expect them to sell anything. That's incredible. 
Because and of... some do, you know, tent the bucket and me. I mean, flew off the shelves. Sure, it flew off the shelves, and I didn't expect that for a single moment. But the average book sells less than a thousand copies. Yeah, I always remember there was that year where. Uh, 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 the, the Booker Prize, I think that the book that won had sold less than 700 copies. Seriously? Yeah. Or, authors make their money. It, I, if anyone is listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I want to write a book, I would always say take the, the biggest advance you can get because that's probably the last amount of money you're going to get for that book. Sure. And you you don't get royalties until you've sold through and that's basically when the publisher gets back um, the the advance that they've paid you. And hardly anyone does. Hardly anybody gets royalties. Is it a little bit heartbreaking? Because it's not just literature, it's, it's movies and TV. Mm. If something doesn't have that big intellectual property, it can be tough, can't it? No, no, no. It's, it, you know, I am enormously grateful that there are people who want to read my books. I think it's a big, it's a big commitment. Yeah. You know, and... I will never fail to be astonished that that people choose my book out of all the thousands of books that that they can pick off a shelf on any given week and take that home with them and want to spend that time with in a world that I've created. Sure. It's a real honour, and I, I I I feel really genuinely touched. And and whenever I get letters or emails or tweets from people. I always re- reply and like the first thing I always say is thank you thank you very much and that's how I I feel about it and I I've I've got a very sensible head on my shoulders in yes. terms of what my expectations are and I think that has shifted from when I was a bit younger where you I mean I well I mean this is hilarious but I will <laughs> always remember I think I was about 19 and uh, I was at university, yeah. and I and I auditioned to be in the Oxford Review, and I was going to go to Edinburgh Festival, and I can remember going home to my mum and going, "Mum, I've made it! I'm going to the Edinburgh Festival." Literally yeah. thinking that that was it. That's the it's the big time. Sure, that's the big time, and it, it causes that it's ridiculous. Uh, but but you just you just learn to temper your expectations. It's the same with um, my TV writing. I've had things in development for years. If you're in TV development, it's years. It's not just weeks. It's years. And again, take the script commission and expect nothing further to happen. Some of the stories I hear. Ah. It's, it's. There is no rhyme nor reason. Sure. There is no rhyme nor reason to how some things eventually get commissioned, and you just have to accept that. How much of a joy was it to see your work? Take the Kennedys. Yes. Um, we what... loved doing that. It was such a blast. We had such a lovely summer making that. I mean, someone said to me they reckon it's they reckon it's a ninety five percent miss rate in terms of people who pitch. This is a friend of mine who works in the industry. Yeah. In terms of the pitches that come in, the, the near misses, the mm. pilots that don't go to broadcast. So to end up in that very exclusive yes. club is, yes. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yes, isn't it? I was, I was enormously grateful. I mean, people, uh, I was inundated with um, people emailing and tweeting me when it got cancelled and didn't get a second series. And my attitude was, well, you know, this is how it goes, and 
I don't think it, it wasn't down. I genuinely believe it wasn't down to the show. It wasn't down to the quality. We got good reviews, and we we got the I think the second highest viewing figures for a new comedy I mean, that year. But we were in the wrong slot, and nine thirty on Friday to get averaging two point five million, which is amazing yeah. for a brand new comedy. But not at nine thirty on a Friday. We were losing the. The BBC won a million viewers every single week. When should it have gone out? So I think it should have gone out at about ten thirty on a Monday, where right. that, that's the soft the soft slot where they started this country. The nine thirty slot on a Friday is for sitcoms that are on their third series. Yeah. That's what that slot's for, and I think if there was if there was a mistake made, that was it. So we were unprotected. Um, and we were going up again at the end. We had a big dip in the middle because we were up against the rugby semi-finals. Sure. Uh, but, you know, you can go, well, what if, what if? But it doesn't matter. The thing was, we got to make that show. And I know that people would give their arm and a leg to have yeah. something they had written actually go into production. So I've had that experience. It was wonderful. We had a fantastic time. People liked it. Can't ask cast for to die for cast as well. Cast to die for, who all got on. Dan Skinner's good, isn't he? Oh, I was in love with him a little bit. Yeah. He made a film called Notes on Blindness. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. It's Amazing. sensational in that. I think he's fantastic, Dan Skinner. Yeah. He's absolutely wonderful. He he needs to be a film star. He really does. The eyes as well, isn't oh, it? Oh, he's just wonderful. He's wonderful and he's such a nice man. We we, we will we will move on. You're right because it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, my friend, you are Emma Kennedy. So you know who cares? Who cares? But I mean, the one thing I was going to say, I was reminded of while you were talking there, is that perhaps in years gone by, you know, so Cheers is always the number one example in terms of a show that in its first series was. I mean, that was like dead last in the ratings. I think. I think, I don't Only Fools and Only Horses. Only Fools and Horses was my next one. Only Fools and Horses was 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 going to be cancelled yeah. after series one. It's I, I think it's tougher now, isn't yeah, it, in terms of yeah. giving people time? Yeah, honestly, there's still no rhyme nor reason to it. Absolutely sure. none. It's all out of your hands. I always say you can only worry about things that you have control over. <laughs> and it's true, it's though, isn't it? It is, yeah. If you have no control over something, what is the point of worrying about it? Because when, when decisions are in other people's hands, and there's nothing you can do. I wish I'd known you for longer. That should be my mantra for life. Um, <laughs> with, you, with, with you, though, um, and I think a lot of our listeners will, will relate to this, doesn't matter what... Uh, you do for a job with you it just seems like creativity must come from every pore if you if i look at all the things that you've tried and succeeded in may i ask are you the sort of person who you have to lock yourself away in a log cabin to make yourself work or is it sitting on a bus and the notepad comes out how, okay how, how do you do it so i um consider myself small business <laughs> so if I was a shop and this is what I say to myself I say if you were a shop owner you wouldn't be shut for three days a week would you no you wouldn't you would open the little door tingle 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 at 9am and you would have a lunch break uh, to comply with EU working working rules (laughs) and then you would knock off at six tinkle tinkle lock the door yeah and you would have a proper family life in the evening and a family life at the weekend. That's the the, the correct work-life balance. And so I get up, 
get up about seven, I have a coffee, um, I'll have a look at Twitter, have a look at the news, have a quick tweet about anything I'm furious about. Sure. And, um, and then crack on, uh, start work, nine o'clock. Uh, I'll walk the dogs in the morning at some point, um, have a full hour off for lunch, and then I'll work till six, Monday to Friday. I feel like there's a, there is a personal development book in this, you know, because th- the moral of the story is that if you act small business, if you like, then you get small business returns. I don't necessarily mean financially, just in life in general. Whereas if you are working like some monolithic 24-7 organisation, then that's mm. that's the difference. I mean, it's tr- you know, it is tricky. When you're a, a writer, you, you spend so much time on your own just thinking um, and... I, I I will spend some days, like all day, nothing will come, nothing will come, nothing will come, but I will blooming well sit at my desk and not move. And this is actually where Twitter is a real help, actually. Yeah. Twitter is like having an open plan office. So whenever, yeah. I, whenever I am stuck on a sentence or something, I'll just think, oh, I'll just go and have a chat uh, with some people on, on Twitter. Or I'll have a, an interesting debate with somebody on Twitter, so, and and I find it it's it's enormously helpful to me. Um, and then sometimes I will nothing will come until like half past four, and then suddenly I'll just go, you know, and and that can just be a word will suddenly come to me, or a, or a sentence that that, and I suddenly think, okay, that's that's the way out of. Um, the, the the problem that I'm I'm facing in the text and and then I, I I'm off but I I write dialogue very 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 quickly and I think that's uh, a real help uh, that's obviously from you know my script writing experience um, that's where I'm most at home really writing dialogue um, but when you're writing books you've got to think of the other stuff as well. Now, if you get a splurge of creativity at say yeah. five o'clock and it's all flowing out, yeah. do you keep the small business open? Do you? Do you? No, really? Still ding a ling a ling. Yep. I've got a life. I've got dogs I love. I've got a wife I love. Sure. I like to make a nice supper in the evening. You know, if the sun's shining, I want to go and and, and check my garden. Thanks. See, I, I told you before that I I cry easily. I'm nearly crying at what you're saying. <laughs> Please till I come round. Now, um, the so you've written a piece for the magazine, yes. Um, and as I said, it, um, it doesn't take much for me to be wiping my eyes on my sleeves, and you certainly uh, achieved that with with, with this book. Um, we, as a fellow crier, were you having to pause quite a lot, or was, or was it once you were in the zone? Was it oh, uh, yeah, no, I've I've only cried once, uh, right while whilst writing. And that was in the last Wilma Tenderfoot book where I killed off Pickle, the dog. Sure. And I was actually, I actually fell for forehead first onto my desk oh. as I wrote that bit. Oh, my word. My father, when he rang when he read that book, it was it's uh, Wilma Tenderfoot in the case of Rascal's Revenge. When he read it, he rang me and just swore at me down the phone <laughs> for doing such a thing <laughs> for killing off pick for killing off pickle. Yeah, and I still to this day will get emails 
or tweets from parents just going, what have you done? What have you done? But I did it. I didn't just do it to be sensational. I did it for a a proper reason, which is pets dying is usually most children's experience of death and heartbreak and grief. And I just felt that it was an important thing to do. Um, I I think we can all remember those moments when a pet dies. I mean, you cry like you've... Just shocking. Richard Pryor's old routine about... Uh, people crying at a funeral but it's that level of yeah. it just it all comes yeah. out doesn't it yeah um, I'm about to f- I'm I'm about to face this I've got an 18 year old beagle oh gosh who is very much on her last legs and you know I've been with her for 18 years That that's actually the longest relationship I've had bar my parents sure and uh, 18 years mmm mmm yeah. oh man I'm sorry yeah it's going to be tough yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, may, may, may I ask was was there a, was there a, any form of catharsis with 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 the new book, or does it not work like that? Actually, I think it's a combination because my my, my mother died um, five years ago, and it has had a profound effect on me. Yeah. A profound effect, and uh, the the uh, my previous book, Shoes for Anthony, I actually wrote some of it lying in the bed next to her and that was very very tough but in in this book it's very interesting to me I'm still returning to and I think in this book this is the first book I've written where I'm properly examining the mother-daughter relationship when there's nothing you can do about it anymore and um and I probably will return to again to this as a subject matter um, in another book down the line. It fascinates me. It's it's. it's I'm very. I, I, I hesitate to use the word surprised. Have you still got your parents? Have you still got both of them? Ish, almost. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'll say, biological father left when I was a nipper. So. Yeah. Um, Mum and then my mum remarried. Okay. That's a different book entirely. <laughs> that is a different book entirely. <laughs> but it's it's shocking how I mean I still I think about her every single day. Yeah. And that's still five years on. And and it's 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 I mean, I, I don't know if anyone if, if people listening to this have read the piece yet, but it's essentially because she had an undiagnosed mental illness and she was a very difficult woman to be around. Yeah. And but at the same time she was honestly the most wonderful person I've ever known. She was extraordinary. She was unique. I will never know anyone else like her. And anyone who met her that was the exact same response that they always had to her because she was like a whirlwind. She was extraordinary and she had this incredible magnetism and this, she was dynamic and she, she was like, she was like a burning fire. Wow. That's, that's what she was like. And she was beautiful and she was funny. She's the funniest person I've ever known. She could make me laugh the way nobody else could make me laugh. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And then she had this terrible, terrible, terrible dark side. and. You, I spent most of my childhood just being terrified of her because I didn't fully understand um, who she was and I hadn't properly got to that point where I appreciated all the good bits. So I just looked at her as someone who could embarrass me at the drop of a hat, at the click of her fingers, could go into a rage, yeah. um, who was unpredictable. I think that's that's the thing that is that scares you when you are little, to be around someone who's unpredictable. And that's exactly what she was. She was unpredictable. And you would just pray that today it was a day where oh. she was in a good mood. So it was like that. And it took me until my mid-30s, probably not until she was first diagnosed with cancer, to actually like her. I didn't like her. I loved her, but I didn't like her. And I think at that point it was was starting to dawn on me that actually she wasn't just, you know, selfish, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. She actually had an undiagnosed mental illness. But because... because you never wanted to send her into a rage. No one ever brought it up. Oh. Nobody ever, I never had that discussion with her of, do you think you need to see a doctor? There's probably a medication you can take and your life will be completely different. And then our lives will be completely different. Nobody had that conversation with her. And I feel terrible about that i feel terrible that is that has haunted me since she's died and it was amazing my father and i we did not have a conversation about her mental health until the day after she died and we were sitting in the garden and i looked at him and i said should we talk about mum and we just went through all all her what you would call symptoms oh. and i think i think she had paranoid personality disorder i'm 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 definitely sure 
she would she had something along those lines you know i sat in a in a hospital consultant's room and she uh, uh, talking as normally as i am now to you yeah told a consultant that she'd been given cancer by a cia operative in a bookshop in cambridge now you can look at that from one level yeah. and you think okay that's actually that's that's mad that's what you would call mad but because she was so eccentric you just think oh god she's just being ridiculous again rather than yeah. no you're actually seriously ill but also i now sit and think about that conversation and i think why didn't the doctor sort of pick up on that and think hang on a minute i'm you probably need to see a psychiatrist as well as the oncologist what's i i'm astonished to this day that that didn't happen but i i can sort of understand why it didn't happen because she was so charming with the doctors and the nurses they all absolutely adored her she she was like always on her she it was the it was the good brenda yeah that was always absolutely at, at the, the doctors hospital. yeah always it was always good brenda it was it was never absolutely off a fucking tree sure. brenda sorry if i swore no 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 it's all good it's all good um but uh, yeah, and she she was very very paranoid. She she thought the next door neighbours were trying to steal the house. Um, she thought my father was having. I mean, it's ridiculous, but she thought my father was having affairs with all all the cashiers at Waitrose. <laughs> sure, all of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Even Gary. And he would. It was so normalised this behaviour that my dad would would. He would go and do the shopping and he'd have to phone her when he was at the till um, to say, I'm at the till, to prove that he was shopping for food. And it, it's just, it was ridiculous, but nobody challenged her on any of it. And, and that doctor, she's doing that. And if she's, you know, very charismatic, the doctor's probably thinking, oh, what's she like? Yeah, she's, you know? yeah, exactly. What's she like? Because she was eccentric and fun and... And interesting. But, but she was very, very unwell. In terms of that haunting you, and I would say to you what I imagine your close friends have said, given the, you know what you've said about it, maybe there would have been no getting through to her you know, if you were trying to put that my, across. My wife said something very sensible yeah. to me just last week right. on this. And um, she said that she wouldn't have accepted it. She would have. She was in such a paranoid state that she, you know, she, we had to fight to get her to go and have her treatment at the Royal Marsden because she went through a phase of thinking that she didn't have cancer and that we'd made it up and we were trying to kill her. Yeah. Okay. So it was that bad. Yeah. And I did some reading about people who've got paranoid personality. Um, disorder and they they will not accept any help it's why there are so few of them um, who've actually been treated so it's it's sort of one of the the worst personality disorders in terms of getting treatment because they don't seek treatment because they think it's all being made up by other people absolutely so uh, 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 my wife did point this out to me and actually she's right that if i had if i had tried to 
wrestle my mother in the direction of a psychiatrist. It it wouldn't have happened, and she would have resented it for resented me for it, and she she would have pushed me away. And the decision, you know, in life, if life has taught me anything, the decisions you you make at the time are the right decisions to mm. make. So that you know the way the way in which you clearly conducted yourself while she was around would have been the the correct way well i hope i hope so but it's it's just i just feel so sad for her um because she was so wonderful and brilliant and i actually think she she would still be here if she had had all the treatment first time round she'd still be here um but it came back because you know when she had her first diagnosis um, she only had lumpectomy. She had the absolute minimum um, that she should have had done. And it had gone into her lymph, so she should, she absolutely should have had chemotherapy and, and all of that. And she didn't. She wouldn't do it because she um, didn't want her hair to fall out she, because she thought that Dad would be, be running off with these cashiers yeah, at Waitrose. Yeah. Um, and she didn't take the medicine that she was supposed to take um, after, you know. So it came back. And and when breast cancer comes back, that's it. You can't do it. You, you can't fix it. It's, that's it. You're on the countdown. I mean, what you say there in terms of uh, your relationship with her up until the age of 30, one thing a lot of funny people uh, have in common is... is Childhood was was tricky. I mean, mm. I, I imagine that's something you, you've thought about a lot. Do as you know, well, it, isn't it? it's weird because on one level, my, I had a, I had the most wonderful childhood. I had the most amazing childhood. We had great adventures. Um, I had, you know, we we went on hilarious holidays that that have have given me years of of joy. Um, I got a great book out of it. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and and I think in terms of my creativity, I can look back at that that childhood and think, yes, I can see what that gave me. But also, my mother, as well as being absolutely terrifying, she was also the person who made sure she was taking me to Stratford upon Avon to see Shakespeare plays. She was the person who made sure she took me to see. David Bowie's um, last Ziggy Stardust uh, concert, yeah. age six. Yeah. She took me to Nebworth Festival. She uh, took me to to see um, the original production of Hair when I was three. <laughs> um, you know, she was the person who taught me to read and write. She was the person who instilled in me the incredible work ethic that I still have to this day. She was the person who instilled in me the notion that nobody was ever going to give me anything and if I wanted something, I had to make it happen myself. Yes. She was that person. She was the person who gave me ambition. And I am more grateful for that than I have any regrets of about any of the bad stuff. That's wonderful. Mm. Um, one beautiful thing. As I, well. lo- I loved her. I yeah. really, really, really loved her. I just didn't like her. It just took me a long, long time to like her. But I mean, e- even the title of the book, you know, people will dive in. But what I'm getting at is 
people will be reaching out to you to say that. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be doing it myself to say that they pick the phone up to their <laughs> yeah to their parents. Yes, <laughs> you must. You got me there. <laughs> you, you must. But, but you know, because have you ever read Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up? Yes. I mean, sweet yeah. Jesus, the thing yeah, with yeah, the yeah. with the dad in there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean that's that's I know it's 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 incredibly sad but um when you write when you write <clears throat> like the piece that you've written to inspire people to pick that phone up and reach yeah. out I mean that's that's a, a You can't piece, change it? anything when they're gone. That's that's what you just have to you know remember. And I I won't make that mistake with my father I tell you that for nothing. Sure. Yeah. I really won't. It's it's I say in the book, you know your parents for so long, it is a shame you don't get to know them. Yes. And you, everyone knows their parents from the moment that you remember knowing your parents, but you don't know who they were before you came along. And certainly in my mother's case, my coming along had the most profound effect on her because she had what we would call now postpartum psychosis. Yeah. Was completely ignored back in 1967. No, you know, it was like, oh, she's just having a bit of trouble bringing up the baby. Let's, let's not uh, uh, delve into that. And, and she she fundamentally changed as a person, and I don't blame myself for that because obviously there's there's nothing I could have done yeah, about that. Sure. Uh, but that is that is what happened, and then everything else followed on from that. Um, but I certainly in my late thirties and my early forties. I think if I'd had more bravery, even though I know that it would have been very difficult and it might have ended, could have our, it, it could have ended our relationship. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything, and I think that's a bit of shit. I didn't do anything, and I wish I had, and I wish I had had a conversation with her. Um, where I had sort of said, I know what a struggle life has been for you. Please, I mean, a, fr- a friend of mine has, has recently... Fr- mate, we're feeling this. A friend of mine has recently done the thing where they tell someone a, an opinion because they didn't want to look back and now no one in the family is speaking to them. Mm-hmm. So there's always, there is always the other side yeah. of that coin. Yeah. I know again, and I'm I know, telling something that a friend would tell it's you. It's just but... that horrible thing of of thinking, what must her life have been like? What yeah. what was it like for her? Nobody asked her. Sure, sure. Yeah. Nobody yeah. said to you what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what what is the thing that what what does it feel like to be to have that brain inside you that is constantly churning? It it must be awful. To, to feel that you have no control over yourself. But she didn't. She but, really didn't. But while thought horses would never have got dragged her to a... No, no, they wouldn't. But it would have been nice, wouldn't it, for her if someone had just said, "I, you're having a hard time. No one did. Sure. Um... Because she made everyone else's life a hard time. So, you know, uh, <laughs> it's that selfishness. It's, that, it's the selfishness of survival. That's what it was for me and Dad. It was the selfishness of survival. But we all do what we have to do yep. to, you know. Yeah, yeah. But well, the thing you said there about never really knowing somebody—it's it, when someone tells you something about a parent, like one of their friends from back in the day or something like that—and it totally alters your view of your 
mum or whoever that person might be. Yes. That's always a, a real jolt, isn't it? Yeah. They, they did what in 1972 or, or what have you, you yeah. know? Um, it is a reminder that you don't, you, you think you know someone, but you, yeah. you don't know them. You don't know your parents. Yeah. Very few people do because you don't take the time. Sure. And people should really. I, that, you know, that, that's, and I hope if, if, if anything, uh, the, the, what I would love for people to take from the, the things we, we left and said is if, if one person, as you say, if one person just sits back and thinks, I'm going to go and have a really good conversation with my mum or my dad today that, and, and I'm going to have a conversation that I've never had with them, then that would be amazing. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm crying because I've got, I've got a mental image of uh, mums and dads up and down the country wondering why they're getting squeezed extra tight because yes. they've read your yes. book. You yes, know. well, it is, I keep saying it, but you cannot change anything when they're gone. And by golly, you feel it when they go. You really do. Sure. Um, well, look, before before we go, may I may I ask you as a as a comedy anorak? Yes. May I ask you a, a, a couple of bits and bobs about? Yeah, of course you can. Thank you very much. So, uh, may, may I ask, uh, as a forty one year old man, mm. if there was one show that uh, helped define my youth, This Morning with Richard, not Judy, Lee and Herring, Correct. all all of that. See, I mean, you were Wormringer. You, please, yes, please use right. its correct Sorry, what, name. What, and I call myself a you, fan. What are you? What are you thinking of? To Wumringer, thank you. To be to be in the, the thick of all of that 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 must have been tremendously exciting. Oh, it was bonkers! It was it was the wildest time. I I I can't actually believe that 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 Richard and Stuart got away with three quarters of what they got away with. It's just extraordinary. Because I've rewatched it, it on live. I've rewatched it on YouTube. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? You cannot it's absolutely crazy. You cannot believe it was live on a Sunday morning. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. I mean, the the fact I, mean, I will never forget. It, it one of my favourite things was to remember the sitcom that was just lettuce leaves. Yes, sure. Remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would just stand there, just me and Stuart, just going. <laughs> there were scripts. Yeah. There were actual was scripts actually for that. With... Yeah. And the, and the thing was in the script, it was written in English. So we sort of knew what the letters <laughs> were saying. When to come in and when not to. <laughs> and the, this was what our job. I, I remember <laughs> I, I was standing, I, I, uh, I was dressed as Nostradamus. Well, this is this is a sketch I remember vividly. Yeah, so I was dressed as Nostradamus, who who was a character that that came in every week and made predictions, and I was a Welsh woman pretending to be a sixteenth century mystic, but who had uh, the the tattoo of Robbie Williams on my chest. So uh, there was one uh, Sunday where I was standing. No, I wasn't. I was on my knees. I was on my knees. I had the Nostradamus grey beard. <laughs> I had the Nostradamus uh, grey eyebrows. I had the false chest, false male ma- man's chest with Robbie Williams's tattoo on it. I had the horse's legs, David Collins's horse's legs. Sure. And I had my arm up in the air and I was had the um, the curious alien on my arm. And I just thought, wow, I'm being paid to do paid this. this. This is my job. This is my actual job. It's, it's crazy, and then it, it was it was met, it was 
it was very meta because the curious alien, yeah. I think Stuart said at the time, and you yeah. see the curious alien, mm. and it's not allowed to look too much like Geiger's Correct. alien no, for, le- no, for because, copyright yeah, reasons. Yeah, for copyright reasons. And he was saying all this out loud, wasn't yeah. he? You know, commenting yeah. on the show as the show's yeah. taking place. But do you remember things that, that get knocked over and spilled? Greg, Greg, Greg Everson's things that get knocked over and spilled or fall down. That was, uh, that was the thing that I loved doing the most with Paul Putner. And literally every week... Oh, what a legend. What a guy. It was literally just, literally that, things getting knocked over yeah. or spilled. It's wonderful. Paul, Paul Putner put one of, the, one of them up on uh, Twitter uh, last week, and it was, it was the one where he accidentally tips some spaghetti in, <laughs> into my lap. <laughs> But it was all. But it's all done so serious. That's right. Yeah, loved it. I just, I don't think I've ever had more fun than doing that show ever. And, and it's nice that the two guys have had that separate success. You know, they've done yes. wonderfully well in their in their own way. Herring well. Herring is a genius. Sure. I genuinely believe that Richard Herring an actual is, genius. A, is an actual genius. So the word that does get misused a lot is genius, but you, you are using I that in the literal sense. I genuinely yeah. believe he is. I think he's ahead of the curve. He he was doing blogs before anyone was doing blogs. He's doing podcasts before. He's doing podcasts yeah, yeah, yeah. before anyone sure. was doing podcasts. He And who else, who else could create a successful podcast of himself playing himself at snooker. Sure. And him picking stones out of a field. Well, Richard Herring Richard can. Herring. He's amazing. That's, I mean, awe of him. I, I know there was a, there was a big... There was a, Love him too. The, well, there was, a, there was a bigger movement maybe 10, 15 years ago to get them both to do more stuff together. It, yeah. it feels it's like never that's... never happened. It, it's been and gone. It feels like that past, doesn't it? No, yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um... Well, look, th- thank you. As you can probably imagine, I, I could have done this for the next two weeks talking uh, <laughs> non-stop. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I think a lot of our listeners, while they were listening, will be will have checked Amazon to see when the book is out or see if it's out already. August the 22nd. Know. Beautiful. August the 22nd. You can pre-order it now. Come on, I need to get the Lego Death Star. Please buy it. Is there is there an audible version? There will be, won't there? I'm looking at... at, at Katie. Who's who's doing the audible version? Oh, she's the publisher. She's sitting in the corner. Who's doing the audio version? Well, well, we'll see. It has to be. <laughs> am I allowed to tell? Look, there's there's slump. There's some controversy. What? Uh, How is it not? You, you've got the nicest I'm going voice to, I'm in going the to tell, I'm going to tell you something. Okay. I asked Juliet Stevenson yes. if she would do it because I love her and I love her voice very, very much. And she said yes, and she was going to do it, but we can't make the d- dates work. I'm devoted. I, I know someone who should do it. <sighs> who? You. Well, That's what we think. well, it's quite possibly it's going to be me. It's quite possibly going to be me. I've, do, I've done. You. I've done. I've done audio books. I've done. I did tent. I did. I left my tent, and I did choose Francis. I can do it. We I all can love, do it. We all love Juliet Stevenson, but surely even <laughs> Juliet Stevenson's probably thinking, yeah, you should be doing oh. this yourself. I probably, it probably will end up being me. If you were sat here, my, my new book is, I'd be thinking, my new book. God, I might try and see if Juliet Stevenson's available. <laughs> the things we left on the stage. Chapter one. It was a sunny day. The things we left on I mean, I sort of want to listen like to that, that book. 
We could actually, I tell you what, I could do. I mean, it would, it would be, it would be daring. Yes. I could have the entire book narrated by one of the lettuces from Toowoomba and just sit Fifteen. it would fly off the yes! shelf. Fifteen hours of. <laughs> <laughs> That people would listen to that in the car, Definitely. wouldn't they, on a long journey? That old family. <laughs> you tell it's a sad bit, can't you? <laughs> Funny bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Do you think someone's died? <laughs> Kids in the back crying. Oh, yeah. Favorite bit. <laughs> With just a lettuce leaf on the front. But shot nicely. Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that, shot nicely. That's a given. So it looks super. Um, anyway, buy the book. Buy the book, download the audiobook, and after you've listened to that, also buy the paperback and the Kindle version. Buy it all. Just buy it all. Buy it all. If you've never read any <laughs> Emma Kennedy, there's a back catalogue. There is. Whopping. If you haven't read The Tent, The Bucket and Me, come on, you mean, please. That's practically essential, isn't it? I was going to say, there's a question. There's the 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 question is always what what you what you're doing now. And some people want to like jump across and throttle me because they're they're promoting the thing that they're promoting now. But are you are you given what you are like? Are you already moving on to the? I I'm already thirty thousand words knee deep into next book. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Are you allowed to say anything about the book whatsoever? Um, Well, it hasn't got a title yet. But there is continuity from the things I left unsaid because there's a character in the things uh, we left unsaid called Agnes, who is the younger sister. And everybody, um, the feedback is that everybody loves her. And uh, the things we left unsaid is set in 1964 and present day. Yes. And she sort of features, she's a 13 year old child in 1964 and then obviously an adult in present day. So the next book that I'm currently writing, sweet, set sweet in 1971, and Agnes has four weeks to lose her virginity. Brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Uh, t- have TV and movie got in touch with regarding this latest one? Uh, not yet, because it's not out yet, but, but you I, know what's about, I, mean, often, I hope so. Before something it would make, up, I know. tell you what, it would make a very good film. It yes. would make a good film. I will say that. So after, so after you've downloaded the book, an audio book, if you could green light the movie, <laughs> dear listener, that would be... Great parts for some fabulous women, I have to say. It, I mean, it would. P- p- yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting feedback that it would, be, it, would, it, it, it would be a good film. Do you cast in your head while you're writing? No. I do when I'm reading. It's do sad, you? isn't it? Yeah. Do you? Mm. Young Eleanor... I'm yes. trying to think now. Maybe Saoirse Ronan. Gosh, she's good, isn't she? She would be good. Oh, she'd be an amazing young Eleanor. I'm looking at my publicist. Big nod She from would the publicist. be an amazing Eleanor. Mm. Have you watched Succession yet on Sky Atlantic? None of your business. Fair enough. Um, that was Emma Kennedy. So how I like to end all my chats. You know what? You're right. I went too far. I don't, yeah. know, what, I don't know what how I was thinking. Dare how you. dare you? Stay how out of my very, life. very, very dare you? Yeah, and you're absolutely wow. you're right. God, that will hold. Wow. That will hold. We, we've just of had all a, the errors. We've had our very own Clive Anderson BG's moments. <laughs> you're the tosser, pal. <laughs> Um, I rewatched that recently on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's quite something, isn't it's it? It's worse than I remembered it at the mm, time. Mm, when interviews go wrong. Oh, my gosh. Mm. 
Poor Clive. Shocker. You feel for him, don't you? Yeah, really Remember Meg Ryan on Parking? Yes. Oh, oh so awkward. Oh, but, but, but you have to wonder what happened. Something must have happened pre-interview to get her back up. You, something happened. You sort of want to say to I her. I swear something happened. You want to say to her, you know this is going on television. Yeah, something happened there. Do you think so? Yeah. What, I he said something so. before or so. someone something said something happened. before? Something happened. Convinced. If you know the answer to that, uh, drop us an email, podcast at balance.media. What happened before Meg Ryan's chat with Michael Parkinson? We're going to go now. I'm going to apologise off air for asking Emma if she'd watched Succession. I don't know what I, I was thinking. Sorry, I'm I'm truly sorry. Uh, thank you. as well. Emma, I, I, I love you with all of my heart. Thank you right so much. God bless you. Right back at you. Thanks, Emma. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. How about that? The wonderful Emma Kennedy. It's nice that we took it in turns to have a bit of a cry on that one. Um, as ever, you would be doing us such a solid... Because the temptation is, isn't it, when you've listened to a podcast, hopefully you think, oh, that was good. Pop your phone back in your pocket. If you can take the time to leave a... Fu- what I'm actually doing is I'm holding my phone. This is... I'm admitting this. Holding my phone and I'm miming leaving a review. Why am I telling you this? I don't know. Maybe I'm like trying to inspire you. If you leave us a five-star review and a lovely write-up, you would not believe how much it helps. It does. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Along with Emma Emma Kennedy, previous episodes include Fern Cotton, Ricky Gervais. The one episode that probably gets brought up to me the most anecdotally is Chris Akabusi because of the story that he tells uh, with his brother on the train. I'll say no more. Your jaw will drop. Uh, And many, many more. Tell your friends, spread the word. We're very grateful. God bless you. And if you're an atheist, bless you. I've been James Gill. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.